my apologies. I had to stop this show. Um, the audio wasn't that great as well as um, I've been under the weather. I particularly uh, just, you know, just the seasons have been changing. So, uh, like I said, I have definitely been under the weather, you know, allergy season and all that stuff. Sometimes that can be a pain in the butt. But uh, just trying to get this uh, bar trap finished for you guys. So I had to stop the show. And this is the third part. Uh, again, once again, you listen to the Rims and Us podcast. It's your host, Rob Morris. All right, so we ended at, uh, like I said, we ended the show, the last part at number 17. Uh, the pick is Brandon Clark. He's from Gonzaga, and the Brooklyn Nets are going to pick him. Um, like I said, he's a he's a rim-running big, very agile, athletic, uh, bouncy, you know, recorded a 40-inch vertical leap in the rims, uh, excuse me, in the um, NBA Combine. So, this will be a good pickup for them. They already have Jared Allen, but they also get, you know, add like a, a big, he, he projects to be a four at the next level. So, you know, a little bit, you know, I would say he's a little bit undersized. He's he's 6'8". Um, he just measured out his 6'8 in the combine. Uh, but, you know, his leaping ability can definitely, he can definitely play bigger than what he is. His wingspan is pretty average. Doesn't have a seven foot wingspan. Doesn't have a lot of length, but has a lot of uh, athletic ability. He's very fast too. He, he recorded a good time in a three quarter court sprint. So, like I said, like I was mentioning uh, the last uh, portion of the show is that you can check all the uh, measurements and and um, the athletic testing. Um, it should be probably can find it on NBA.com. Or maybe ESPN.com. They might have um, all those statistics for you if you want to look them up. But I also had a like uh, article on the site, uh, just basically uh, showing all the participants that were at the combine. I wasn't able to give you like all those statistics on there, but I was able to give you all the participants and all like any side notes that I thought were pretty. Um, impressive any like tests or measurements that were impressive I, I just from just a side note uh, like I said there's a few guys that really stuck out like Taco Fall he measured out at 7-7 I mean if he ends up if he does get I don't think uh, the chances of him getting drafted are pretty slim but he probably could you know land on a team a training camp invite or he, you definitely probably see him in the summer league so if he does well in the summer league he probably get a He'll probably easily get a training camp invite, and who knows, he might play in the NBA. People say that he may not have a role because he may not be able to defend, you know, out on the perimeter like most bigs that, you know, most bigs these days have to be able to defend out on the perimeter because of the three-point shooting has been, has, has made it a different game. So he may not have a role in the NBA because of that. But regardless, he's just, he's going to be, a guy you get, you know, you get to account for with that that height and that length. He had a, I think he had an eight two wingspan as well. So just like he's huge out there. So why wouldn't you want to add a guy like that to, you know, let's just say you want to change the pace of the game and make it a slower paced game. He he's gonna be able to protect the rim for you, or you you know you know in a playoff situation you can use him for fouls. 
you know, if you need to guard a guy that is killing you inside, you need you need some rim protection. He'll he'll definitely be a a, a guy you can <laughs> you can rely on for a small role like that. So why not pick him or why not, you know, give him a training camp invite? But um, yeah, this is a side note. You know, the combine was I thought was pretty interesting to see all those uh, measurements and in the athletic testing. Obviously, I mentioned in the last show the athletic testing can mean everything to you. It could you could definitely rise or fall depending on how well you you tested athletically. You know, and Damian Lillard is definitely one example of that. You know, in the past years of how important that can be in the draft process. But let's move on to number eighteen pick. Um, I um I ch- I picked uh, Cameron Johnson out of North Carolina. Um, the Indiana Pacers would would be getting him. Um, basically, he's a he's a he's a somewhat of a stretch. I wouldn't say he's a, he's. He's like a stretch big, but he has a lot of good perimeter skills, so that he might end up being a two guard or possibly a three in the NBA. So he's at six eight, six eight, um, believe two oh five, I believe. You know, slim body frame, but still, you know, like I said, he can play two guard because he handles the ball reasonably well. He's just a he's just a uh, knockdown shooter. Like you, I mean, he's that would be his specialty in the league. Like he'll probably just be in just to be a shooter to, to stretch the floor um i think he'll be perfect for the pacers like they need uh they need all the shooting they can get they struggle to score a lot of times this year even without you know even with all the deeper they struggle to score at times so you get a guy like that that can definitely help Oladipo get you know open lanes you know kind of like with Milwaukee did with uh with Giannis this year because I mean bottom line is most teams are going to try to you know crowd the paint and prevent a lot of guys that are elite slashers like Oladipo and 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 Greek Freak in Milwaukee to get in to live in the lane you what you need to do is uh you need to have shooting around them so that way they have you know yet you, you have to pick your poison because either you either you leave shooters open or you let a guy score get it too. Most teams, you know, depending on their philosophy or what they rather uh, give up, most teams don't want to give up that extra point of, of either giving up a three or giving up a two. But it all depends on your philosophy. If you rather, um, you think it's important to win the inside battle, then you're probably going to want to crowd the paint. Or, but if you feel like it's important to to, to defend the three point line, you're gonna crowd up on the shooters. So, you know it'll be you know it'll be it'll make the Indian offense much more versatile this than it was this year. Um, because you know they had some good slashes with him and Tyreek Evans. Obviously, Tyreek Evans, if you seen heard the news with him, uh, he uh he failed uh. Perf- he uh he got a ban two year ban so he won't be the play for the uh Pacers cuz he uh tested um positive for performing enhancing drugs so that's a tough loss for the Pacers but you know Cameron Johnson could definitely step in and just be a knockdown shooter for them so that should be a should be a good pickup if he falls for them at 18 
he should be around that that area, either a little bit outside the lottery or in the 20s. So he definitely could be in the area where the Pacers could pick him up. And I think that would be a good fit for them. Um, at number 19, um, the Spurs are going to probably pick up Tyler Hero out of Kentucky. Um, just like Cam Johnson, uh, knockdown shooter. I think he's the overall the best shooter in the draft. Um, they have comparisons to him as like Devin Booker as a, as a comparison. I don't think he's Devin Booker, but I didn't know Devin Booker would be this good in the league. Anyways, when I when I when I seen when when he got drafted, I didn't realize he would be this type of player. And Tyler Hero is 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 pretty much in fits in that same cloth. Um, can handle the ball a little bit and doesn't have great handles, but you know he's very good in transition. Uh, very good transition three. Like you got to look out for him. When it comes down to that, he's just a, a very good knockdown shooter for Kentucky all year long. You know, has a little, you know, um, little little ball handling skills to get to the rim. You may not see him do a lot of that, but he's like I said, his main, um, his main skill is clearly to shoot the rock, and he's gonna do a lot of that. And I think the Spurs, you know. Spurs have like a system where, you know, all he probably needs to do is just probably just do, you know, his role. And that role will probably be his shooting ability. So he probably fit right in with what the, what the Spurs do. Spurs, you know, they, they value that as well as more than anything else. They have a ton of shooters and they always try to get knockdown shooters, you know, whether it's in free agency or, or in the draft. So, they value that skill more than probably more, more than any other skill, probably that in defense. So he should fit right in for them. I mean, they got, you know, uh, they still got LaMarcus Aldridge. They, who knows if they're going to re-sign DeMar DeRozan. But, you know, if you do get DeMar DeRozan back, it's good to have shooting around him so that way he can, you know, have room to operate out there. So, so that's that. We'll, so at number 20, um, the Celtics have that pick, and I have them selecting Carson Edwards out of Purdue. Um, like I said on the website, it's basically, this is a Kyrie Irving insurance pick. Um, it doesn't look, I mean, the chances of Kyrie coming back are not looking good, depending on, you know, if you, if you take these rumors for what they are. Um, it doesn't look good for the Celtics to re-sign Kyrie. So Carson Edwards is a very good scorer. Like he's had some some big moments. If if you if you watch the NCAA tournament, um, he if you see if you seen uh, the Virginia game, oh man, I mean he was spectacular in that game. I think he had like had a thirty point game. Just just was like unconscious from outside um he's a, like I said, he's a very good shooter um uh, Purdue had to rely on him to be the main guy for them you know he and he and he definitely stepped up in key moments for them all year long for a really good team you know they were in the sweet 16 for a reason and he was the main reason for it you know played in a lot of big games and 
He's played, you know, Big Ten's a pretty good conference too, so he's doing it against good competition as well. So that, I mean, if I'm Danny Ainge, I'd jump on that real quick. I mean, some say he might fall into later teens or maybe early second round, particularly because of his size. He's kind of a tweener. He's kind of like a, a, a two guard in a, in a point guard's body. But, I mean, the scoring ability, you just can't ignore. You know, I, I believe he stands at 6'3". So, I mean, he's, like I said, a little undersized for a guy that you consider a two-guard. But, you know, he could definitely fit into what we call, um, you know, most of these guards in the NBA are are very good scoring guards. And I just think he, you know, he probably would be a great six-man on a team because he just has that just, you know, knack to score. So, as long as you don't put him in a position to be a point guard, he's not really the best point guard. So that's what I'm saying. He's more of a two guard in a point guard's body. So he doesn't. So he had to like learn. If he were to be a point guard, he had to learn how to be a better distributor. But he's gotten better over the years. I mean, he's not. You know, he's not a guy that you know that can't not improve in that. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure with he can improve if he has a good team around him. I think he can. He has simple simple ways to get to you know to, to distribute the ball but for the most part Purdue relied on him to be a scorer so that's what he did for them so who knows if he had if he has that ability to also distribute as well he just he just knew that uh all he knew is that he had a score for Purdue and he you know he fit that role well for them so that would be a good pickup for the Celtics if they get him because he definitely they're going to need some scoring if Kyrie leaves so he'll definitely fit in right in and definitely provide that I don't know in day one but I think he'll provide that within time as just a a lead scorer so number 21 I got um guard uh OKC obviously has this pick um Nico Alexander Walker I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right but he's out of Virginia Tech he's uh 6'6 little bit over 200 pounds. Um, first little guy, you know, obviously uh, he was like more of a point guard for Virginia Tech this year. Um, he's a slasher. Um, his probably his best asset as a player is his passing ability. So he has good vision out there, can see the floor well. Um, like I said, doesn't have the, doesn't have elite athleticism, doesn't have, you know, he can't blow by people like that, but he's, like I said, his size that he definitely uses his size well to get around, get around out there, and get to where he want to get gets gets to where he wants to get to. So he'd fit in really nicely as a bench piece for the for the, for OKC. Um, you know, they already have Schroeder, they already have uh, Westbrook, so he'd probably be the third guy behind those two. You know, just coming in. Um, just being a, a distributor out there, I think he'll that'll be his best fit as a distributor to get those guys going, get Westbrook going, get uh, Adams, you know, pick and roll lobs, stuff like that. I mean, I think he'll fit in well. I don't think he'll, um, obviously with the athletic limitations, I don't think he'll be a, a guy that could fit in right away. But I think in time he'll definitely, you know, find his niche. 
and he should, you know, he should be be able to give a team good minutes out there as like a bench piece out there. But uh, let's move on to the next pick. Uh, number 22, the Celtics also picked that. So that would be their third pick in the first round. And I have them picking Bruno Fernando out of Maryland. Um, Athletically, he's definitely one of the more athletic bigs in the draft, without a doubt. Um, measures out well as well. I think he's 6'10", uh, 235, 240 in that range. Um, just a physical specimen out there. He's, he's got, you know, broad shoulders. Um, looks like he just, you know, lives in the gym. Like he's just a gym rat. So you can just tell what, you know, his, his chiseled frame that he could just push people around out there. Just a physically strong guy out there. Um, he averaged, um, a double double for Maryland this year. Um, very good rebounder, very, a strong rebounder. That Celtics, they need all the inside guys they can get. You know, Al Horford is is potentially could be a free agent. He has a player option. Um, Aaron Baines was not dependable this year. With you know, he was hurt most of the year, so they were missing a lot of um, size this year. That they you know they could use another big. They did draft the big last year, and Robert Williams the third, but. Um, he didn't get a lot of minutes this year, but I feel like he might have a role next year, but this guy could definitely be a guy that can just, uh, they could use another big, I just think particularly in the playoffs, I thought it hurt them a lot in the Milwaukee series because Greek freak, like, uh, there was no rim protection at all. If Greek freak was getting by Horford, like he was getting an easy layup every time. So they could use a guy that. Um, that has the versatility to play out, you know, play out to the three-point line. Um, Brad Stevens loves bigs that, um, that can play out to the three-point line on defensive, defensively. Um, that's why Aaron Baines didn't get a lot of minutes in the walkie series because he had a hard time defending out, defending the three-point line. So I think Fernando can do that, but. Question is, can he shoot? Uh, can he shoot out to the three-point line? That that would be something that uh, they could definitely they would like to ha- like him to have. That's what they like in their bigs. They like bigs that can stretch the floor. So um, I, I don't know if he can do that, but I know that all the other skills he definitely has. He's a very good defensive player as well. He can block shots. So. I would say uh, this would be a good pickup if they can get him at 22 or either 20, whatever Danny feels like he, he, you know, I would, I I said that in the, um, in my article online, I said like he should probably pick him at 20 and probably pick Edwards at 22 because that's probably Fernando is, you know, he's flirting, you know, flirting with maybe the teens possibly like there's some teams that probably would want him in the teens. So he's a guy that, you know, is athletically probably one of the best bigs in the draft. So you, you know, and he had a chance to get drafted last year in the first round. So he decided to come back. So, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't I would take the chance. I probably would try to pick him earlier, th- earlier than later. So 
because he definitely could come off the board pretty, you know, around the teens and early 20s. So he definitely could be there, 20 or 22. But I, if I was, I if I was Ainge, I'd pick him at 20, and then ch- take your chances in hopefully getting Carson Edwards at 22. But what a, if you feel like you know that Kyrie Irving's going to leave? Obviously, Edwards would be more of a more of a priority because I mean he definitely could. He definitely could rise as well, depending on how how he does in his workouts. You know, this is like I said, this draft definitely, this mock draft definitely could do could use some adjustment because we still got a couple weeks until the draft comes. So this may not be all set in stone. You know, when draft day comes, this order. So as of right now, I got Bruno Fernando at twenty two, at twenty three. Um, at 23, I have, uh, P.G. Watson out of Kentucky. And the Utah Jazz have that pick, so he'll be going to Utah. Um, he's probably one of the most versatile players in this draft. He stands at, uh, um, about 6'7", 6'8", 215 pounds. Um, has very good size. Particularly, I mean, he can play anywhere from the three, four, possibly five at times in a small ball lineup because he's a very good rebounder. He's very physical. He can do a, a multiple, um, he can do multiple things out there. You know, he can, he, he's a good passer. Um, like I said, he can handle the ball well. So he can like he he's probably I I'll probably compare him to like maybe like a poor man's Draymond Green or anywhere into something into that that type of player that has the versatility to do multiple things out there. I mean PG Watchison's definitely that. So also can stretch the floor, shoot threes, can post up. On smaller guys, he might not have a lot of guys that are small that play in his position in the next level. But let's just say if it's a switch, he'll be able to take advantage of a switch. If a guard is switched up on him, he'd definitely be the post him up. He's got a nice hook shot that he goes to. So um, I, I would say that's a that'd be a good pickup for Utah. I mean, they can use all the help they can get for Donovan Mitchell um, and Rudy Gobert. So, like I said, versatile guy can play, does it on both ends of the floor. Very good defense player as well. So, that'd be a good pickup for Utah. At 24, um, I don't know a lot about this guy. I, I didn't see much uh, tape on him. But uh, at 24, we got Talon Horton Tucker out of Iowa State. Uh, Philadelphia Sixers will get this pick. But as I mean, the footage that I did see of him, or the st- uh, notes that I've seen of him, he's he's a six three, six four guy. He's two hundred and believe two hundred twenty five pounds or two hundred thirty pounds. So he's you know he's a bigger guy. So I mean, he could definitely play um, anywhere from one to possibly the three. I mean, pe- people say the, uh, the four, but I think that's a stretch. I think he's a, a little bit too small to play the four, but he can probably play one through three in the next level. K- 
can defend multiple positions. Um, has good, like I said, he can play the one. Like I said, he has good point guard skills at his size. But you can also play him in other positions as well, particularly on the defensive side, particularly because of his size. He has a, you know, like 230 pounds is pretty big for 6'4". So he can definitely kind of kind of looks like a football player out there, can, can be physical out there. But like I said, don't have a huge profile on him, but... He's just the you know versatility is probably what would would attract a lot of teams to him because of his versatility. So that'd be a good piece for Philly to to you know add to the bench. They could use is you know a lot of bench help as they can get. Um, so they definitely you know had a had a more weaker bench at the end of the year because they had a you know get they traded for Jimmy Butler and, and Tobias Harris. So they get those two, if they can get Tobias Harris back or Jimmy Butler back, that will be huge for them because then, then all they really need to do is add on to the bench. And I think uh, uh, Horton Tucker could be a good fit for them to just give them some versatility in that, and you know, for the most part on the defensive end. All right, um, pick 25, I have Goga Batsits. Uh, he's out of Serbia, and um, I believe he's out of Serbia, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the Portland Trail Blazers have this pick. He's a uh, he's a center, uh, seven feet tall. You know, big, agile, big. Uh, excuse me, big, uh, agile, big. That can um, has strong hands. That can you know, pretty good at. Um, uh, just pretty good at just making you know the right play out there. Um, offensively, he's just he's a pick and roll, pick and pop guy. Uh, pretty good in transition. Um, moves well out there for his size. So he's kind of more it fits the mode of the 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 Jusep Nurkic type of. He he kind of compares well to Jusep Nurkic. Um, can post up a little bit. Um, has some, like I said, like he's particularly his biggest asset is his shooting ability as a big. I thought he looked very impressive at shooting the ball out there. And like I said, he's good in transition, has good hands, catches the ball well. Things that you want in the big, he has them. He can definitely make the simple play out there and, and you know, score off, a drop, uh, off of drop-offs. So he can definitely play that role well. And solid rebounder, not not a not a great not a great rebounder like a um the any of the uh, the 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 college bigs. He's not, I wouldn't say, but like I said, he plays against professionals, so some some of these stats could be skewed. I mean, obviously you look at his stats, and you know he's playing against grown men, so it could probably could translate a little bit better once he gets to the NBA. He probably would be a little bit more physically. Um, more physically gifted than we all, than we're giving him credit for. Um, like I said, we don't have that much footage on him, but a lot of guys have him drafted pretty high. I have him pretty low on here because I don't really know much about him. But you know, I've seen anywhere from 
teens, possibly, maybe like late lottery, because you know, because he has a lot of potential, and he has good, very good size, you know, at seven feet tall and north of two hundred forty pounds. So that would be a nice piece for the Trailblazers to probably like stash overseas, because they already have a few bigs they can go they go to right now. Obviously, Nurkic and and Miles Leonard showed out well in the playoffs, as well as um, Zach Collins. So they have they have they're pretty deep at that position. That probably be a depth piece. But you know, Blazers don't have a lot of weaknesses. They have just they have a lot of guys that you know they have you know a lot of guys that play different positions for them. That you know that they have a deep team overall. But I just think that their youth is their biggest problem. So I mean. All you really need to do is just add a piece and just see what sticks. And that that would be a nice piece to add as an insurance policy, assurance piece if they, you know, they need a big in the future. So they probably would stash him overseas. Um, at 26, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to have that pick and they're probably going to select Keldon Johnson. Uh this is kind of low for him. He, I mean, a lot of people project him to be a lottery, late lottery pick or in the teens, but that's what he felt for me. Um, he's from Kentucky. Um, he's a like he's a physical guard, defensive minded guard. Um, he's very tough. Uh, seen him in an interview. He talked about his background. He, you know, he had brothers that. Kind of, you know, he had a lot of fights with his brothers, so that made him a little bit more tougher, you know, as he got older. So, and he and he definitely um, displays that when he plays, you know, just a he's a dog out there. He called called himself a dog because he's he's tough, he's gritty, he you know he likes to, likes to get the fifty fifty balls battle battles out there. So and he's he's a hard worker. So you know that could fit well for a team that you know was a losing team. You know he could definitely add a lot to a team. And they already have a uh, pick in the top five. Um, I had him picking uh, DeAndre Hunter. So let's let's just say him and DeAndre Hunter, just, you know, end up being on the same team. That could be a that could you know you could definitely change a culture with those two hard-working, defensive-minded guys that can definitely change your change your, your franchise around completely, you know, if everything works out. And this guy is, a, you know, potential lottery talent, so it would be a good pickup, you know, at 26. I mean, that would be a steal at 26. So, so that, should, that, that should be a – we'll see how that goes for uh, Cleveland – but at 27, we got KC KZ Acopala out of Stanford, and the Brooklyn Nets will be picking him. Um, he stands at 6'8", 205. Um, extremely gifted athletically. I think he's a great slasher. Um, and you know, he was, he's a guy that was definitely under the radar. I mean, didn't really know much about him until this year, until he had a strong year for Stanford. Um, like I said, good size, fits the prototypical three, 
in the NBA at 6'8", 205. I mean, that's that's like great size. He, Like I said, he lives in the lane, a very good slasher. Um, I think his, you know, what he needs to improve on is his shooting ability. I, I didn't really see much jump shots in his footage. Mostly a guy that just likes to get to the rim at will. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really know much about his defense. So I don't really know. Of a, uh, I don't have a big profile on him, but as far as I know, he's he was he's been a ri- high riser this year because um, of the strong year that he had um, in the Pac-10. So Pac-12, excuse me. So that's what the Brooklyn Nets will pick at 28. The Warriors to get that pick. Um, I have them picking Ty Jerome out of Virginia. And we all know what he did in the tournament. Um, was probably one of Virginia's most consistent players. Game in and game out. Like he, you know, he, he handled the ball for them. He was kind of like, probably was like, you could say, you could say that he probably was a, a leader for them all year long. You know, he brought it all year long. Um, probably was then one of the more consistent players. So, and he's a smart guy, very intelligent, has a, he has a good basketball IQ, um, makes the right play all the time. Defensively, he's pretty good. He's no slouch. You know, athletically, he, he's definitely, there's a lot to be desired for him athletically. Not the best athlete out there, probably average at best, but um, he has a lot of skills out there. He's a very good shooter. Like, if you leave him open, he's going to make it time and time again. So, he's just a, he's just a sound, fundamentally fundamentally sound basketball player. He's your prototypical, fundamentally sound basketball player from college that, you know, isn't going to get a lot of love because, you know, he doesn't have those those measurements that you, that you, that, that wow you or the athletic ability that wows you. But he just... He's just a solid basketball player, and that that you know, that role that 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 role fits well in the NBA, regardless of of all the all the great talents we see in the NBA game uh, year in and year out. He still has a role in the NBA, and I feel like with the Warriors, we got all that talent. All you need is a guy that's just just gonna do his job out there. That's just gonna be a competitive guy and it's going to give you some spirit out there that can, you know, that plays hard and makes the right basketball play. And I think that's Ty Jerome all the way. So that'd be a good pickup for the Warriors if he, if he falls to them, which I feel like he would, he'd probably be a late first round, early second round pick at 29. We have Eric Pascal out of Villanova and the Spurs. Uh, have that pick. So uh, with him, he's 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 probably you know one of the guys that you see is like the four-year, five-year senior guy that's just um, he stayed, he decided to finish school and and stay all you know finish all his eligibility out. And he, I mean, he had a very good career. In college, like he won a national championship last year, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he played on the Dante Divincenzo team, 
that you know the, you know we all know how good Dante DiVincenzo was. He plays for, now presently plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. So you know he he was good for him with Villanova all his career. Very consistent player. Um, he can post up. He has a good chiseled frame. You know he's kind of like Bruno Fernando in that aspect. Lives in the gym, a gym rat. Um, very strong. Um, his rebounding numbers was kind of a bit surprising. Um, not the best rebounder. He might need to improve on that in the next level. But particularly, he's just a traditional type of big that can that lives in the paint, wants to post you up, but also can stretch the floor and shoot threes as well. So he'll be pretty good pick and pop player as well. Has a lot of different skills in that and on the offensive end that you know teams could definitely use, but uh, Spurs could definitely use that as well. I mean, kind of like he probably could have kind of like a Boris Diaw type of role for them, where I don't know if he's a great passer as Boris Diaw, but I think he can do a lot of other things that Boris Diaw did for the Spurs in a in a in a in like in a bench role. Come in and probably you know snag a couple rebounds and get a few point uh couple po- couple post touches here and there. So that would be a good a good pick for the Spurs late in the round. Good value there at thirty, um, which is the last pick in the first round to wrap up the mock draft. The Milwaukee Bucks should pick that as obviously they had the last pick because they had the best record in the NBA and. I have them picking Daniel Gafford out of Arkansas. Um, like I said, this is a, I believe he's a freshman, so he's still fairly young. Um, maybe he, I believe he's set six foot ten or six foot eleven. Um, good size, two thirty five, athletic, good shot blocker. Um, one of the better shot blockers in the entire country. Um, He's, um, there's a lot to be desired with his, um, offensive game, but he's still improving in that area. He's probably going to be known for his defense more than anything else. Um, like I said, pretty good athlete as well. So, so I don't have a huge profile on him, but as far as I know, the footage shows that he is, you know, very good defensive player. And that's probably where his potential will be at in the next level. And still fairly young, so you could definitely see him progress over the years. All right, so that should end the mock draft. Um, a few key notes before I, I wrap it up. Um, have a few commitments to announce, particularly in the local era. Like I said, I like to try to keep up with that, let you guys know what's going on with that. So here's a few notes um, on the website. I did post these, so look out for them on on the breaking news um, tracker. Um, Sierra and Sandy um, commits to Holy Cross. Um, this guy's a two-star prospect. He um, he's from Avon Avon Old Farm High School in Connecticut, and he's six seven. Um, 
Looks like he's a little bit over 200 pounds. He has a slim frame, but he's a slasher. Uh, likes to get to the rim. Um, he's from um, he's from England, so he, he's not American. So he, you know, definitely has that background. Um, there's not a, not a lot of English players in the NBA, so he'll definitely be you know. It could I mean I don't know if he could play the NBA, but I mean we'll have to see how that go. See that, that that's the case, but he's he's going to Holy Cross. And that's a good pickup for Holy Cross, you know. Definitely a guy that's, you know, agile that can definitely, you know, fit a role for a team that's, you know, up and coming. You know, they still, it's been a while since they've been in the tournament. I believe they were in the tournament maybe a couple years ago, but like for the most part, they're not a consistent program that wins consistently. So they're still trying to improve. So hopefully that helps out. Sierra and Sandy out of Connecticut. Um, I feel like this is probably the biggest recruitment so far that I've seen out of these local, you know, colleges. But Harvard has been on the rise. So this is a a good pickup for Harvard. Um, Tommy Amaker's done a great job with that program. I think by far they're probably the best basketball program in the entire region, I think. If it's not them, it's probably Boston College because they, you know, Boston College plays in the higher, higher um, conference out of any of the, you know, major local schools like in this area. So um, this is a huge pickup for Harvard. Um, and he's only he's only a junior. So he's still got another year left of, you know, eligibility in high school. So. He's a Ford out of um, out of New Jersey, Josh Hemmings. Um, he's a three-star recruit, almost a four-star. Has a 89 ranking according to 2247 Sports. Um, he's 6'9", 205. Um, he, earlier in his high school career, he played it in Oak Hill. He just moved to New Jersey this year. So... He had offers from UCLA, um, Cincinnati. So this is a highly touted prospect that Harvard got. Um, you probably would never would think that Harvard can get the talent that they get because, you know, it's the academic standards are so high. But their program is always, you know, either they're in the Ivy League championship every year or they're, like they're knocking on the door in the tournament every year, so. But they're definitely up and coming for sure. And sometimes it's hard for them to get in the tournament because, of, you know, it's only one team can get in the Ivy League, you know, championship. But I feel like nationally they're probably gonna build their pro, their like their program is building up nationally because you, you get a guy that played in Oak Hill Academy. I mean they'll. That's probably one of the top high school programs in the country. So he, I mean, he doesn't play there right now, but he did play there. So, I mean, just for him to even put on that uniform is is pretty special to get a guy like that, that that talented. And, you know, he don't, I haven't seen much footage of him on him, but he's, you know, very athletic. 
very athletic for his size. Um, it seems like a lot of prospects seem like they, you know, they tend to be 6'8", six, 6'9", six, and they just look like Kevin Durant or either they look like Greek Freak, like long, agile bodies that have good perimeter skills that can handle the ball well. Like, he fits that mold, you know. You know, a lot of guys in probably maybe like 20, 30 years ago, they were like that size. They'd be playing, you know, power forward or center. Now those guys, they play like two guard and there's some guys that are point guards that, that are that size. And it's the game has definitely changed a lot. So, I mean, here's, a you know, like your modern day two, three, you know, hybrid, you know, two guard, three guard type. That's going to be uh, that's committed to Harvard. So that's a great pickup for Harvard to get get him. And then the last uh, recruit I have, I have is Bass Light Late. I don't I don't know if that's if I'm pronouncing it right. Bass Late. Um, he commits to UNC Greensboro. Um, he plays on the uh, uh, the Elite Expressions team. Uh, that's now, you know, playing in the Nike EYBL tournament. Um, he also plays for New- Northampton School in New Hampshire. So, you know, that private private school in New Hampshire. Um, he's 6'10", he's 2'10", he's a power forward, three-star prospect, and he's originally from the, the Netherlands. So that's a pretty good pickup for uh, UNC Greensboro. I believe they're D1. Um, they play in, a, if I'm not mistaken, the Southern Conference. So, or either the um, Atlantic Sun. It's either one of those two conferences, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a smaller school in the D1, but it's still a Division One school. So, it's, that's a, uh, a congratulations to him for getting that D1 commitment. And just like congratulations to all the all the prospects. Hope they do well in the next level. And I'll keep an eye on all of them in the next level and see how they fare in the next level. All right, so that should wrap up the show for this week. Kind of long-winded, but I had to get everything in because it was a very busy week. Um. Like I said, I'm probably gonna make shows a little bit more longer, especially if you have guests. So they probably would be they probably would be an hour. Um, but I try to I try to my best to get them in within you know half an hour to 45 minutes. But you know, especially if you have guests, we're probably gonna it's probably gonna be an hour show. So obviously, if you're you know. If you're big, if let's just say you're at work or whatever, or, or if you're, I don't want to say that. I don't want to promote people to, to listen to <laughs> things they're not supposed to while they're working. But if you're, you know, if you're not busy, you know, it's always good to kill a little time. You can listen to this. If you have an hour to kill or half an hour to kill, it's a perfect show to, you know, to keep up, you know, on your on your daily news. You know, especially, you know, the high school stuff is definitely something you can definitely um get from me that you probably won't get anywhere else so it's good to invest in this show and you know see 
what's 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 gonna be available every week. But it's a long show, but I'm gonna wrap this up. Once again, you're listening to the Rims and S podcast. It's your host Rob Mars. I'm out.